You're listening to Radio MD. She's a chiropractic holistic physician, best-selling author, international speaker, entrepreneur, and talk show host. She's Dr. Suzanne Bennett. It's time now for Wellness for Life Radio. Here's Dr. Suzanne. Chronic inflammatory response syndrome, aka SIRS, describes a group of symptoms, laboratory findings, and targeted test results associated with biotoxin exposure, especially in genetic genetically susceptible people. Now, biotoxins can enter your body by inhalation. Mold spores and mycotoxins is a good example. Biotoxins can be injected into your bloodstream by a tick or a spider bite, spreading Borrelia bacteria or other microbes associated with Lyme disease. You can ingest biotoxins by eating contaminated fish or drinking contaminated water. Whichever the route of entry, they are all a cause, uh, they all cause an array of symptoms that can be debilitating and difficult to treat. I am so excited to introduce uh, our Wellness for Life guest today. He is a world-renowned SIRS expert, Dr. Eric Gordon of Gordon Medical Associate in Northern California. He's here to share his knowledge on how to heal from biotoxin illnesses effectively and achieve ultimate wellness. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Gordon. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Susan. Now, uh, how come... Pleasure to be with you. You bet, you bet. It's Suzanne, by the way. <laughs> you and I you and I met over at the, uh, I believe, A4M last year, and I was so, so excited that you um, accepted my inv- invitation to come on and start talking about all various things that you do at your office up in Santa Rosa, uh, your busy office. Now, I'd like to go over what SIRS is, this chronic inflammatory response syndrome, and how common is it, Dr. Gordon? Well, you know, it really, you know, God only knows. I mean, the, the, the thing that we see is that this is a, um, a large subset uh, of people who have chronic illness, okay? Um, you know, the Dr. Shoemaker, who developed this, first developed the term, um, I think, back in, way back in 1997, um, uh, was at that time referring it to um, the cicatera, which is a uh, something from a, a, a fish uh, that people that people get exposed to. But he later included thing, um, any kind of um, reaction to uh, water damage buildings, uh, and from that he and and at first he focused on mycotoxins uh, as and mold exposures. But um, since then he he realized that a lot of this is from um, different uh, bacterial uh, chemicals as well, and uh, not as focused on just the mycotoxins as being the trigger. But the point I want to make is that this is just one aspect of the body's um, individual response to the environment. You know, what, what, what I specialize in is what's called chronic illnesses. I mean, <laughs> people, who have, um, people who have illnesses that, um, you know, they go, they often have normal blood counts. You know, their, their regular laboratory tests are normal, their liver functions are okay, they're not anemic, and so the doctor often tries to, you know, just put them on antidepressants. Um, and, but the, and especially, um, they often send them to the psychiatric world because these people often have, um, you know, uh, odd pains. They have burning pains, uh, sharp shooting pains, pains that move around their body. And these are things that don't fit typical disease models. And because 
the typical disease model is based on uh, an inciting event. I always compare it to the bullet wound. Okay, that's what medicine was developed on, the idea of like, you know, an event. You, you, you have um, pneumonia because you have a pneumococcal, uh, you have a bug, a pneumococcus that you got affected or a strep, you know. Um, and there's a single event causing a disease. And what we're dealing with with, with um, fear, with, with, with the chronic inflammatory response syndrome and with other chronic illness is really a disease that has to do with the individual's body response. And the trigger may not be that important. Or I, I shouldn't say not important, but the trigger may not be producing the, um, <clears throat> may not, it, it just inci- starts the body's response. <laughs> but it's right. your individual response that is creating the symptoms. And that's what makes it difficult for patients because they're going to doctors that are looking for an A causes B. You know, you fell down, you broke something, it hurts. Right. Um, The uh, truth of the matter is what you're saying is that there are a lot of different triggers. A lot of things can really create these problems, but the symptomatology really depends on the individual and their biochemical makeup, their individuality, genetic makeup, uh, where they live, what age, their emotional, psychological. There's so many factors you're saying, but the picture, uh, meaning like the response can be similar. Isn't that correct? The responses of like, let's say the bio, the biomarkers in the bloodstream. Right. And, but the, the, the problem that, that, that I see and is that there are, there've been a lot of, um, doctors out there who have mistakenly believed that when you get the, there's a series of, of blood tests that um, Dr. Shoemaker has, has, has used over the years. Um, and they've, they've, I believe mistakenly have assumed that when those are elevated, that therefore you have a mycotoxin illness, okay? Right. And, you know, and the, the problem is because they're falling into that same error of thought that we are taught as doctors is that you're looking for a trigger and then a set of symptoms, and then you think you have a, 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 a linear story, one that, you know, like I said, the bullet wound. The bullet caused the problem. But um, you know, or the heart attack, the the blood clot in the in in, in the vessel, or the the calcification in the vessel um, caused the heart attack. Um, when in reality, when we're looking at these chemicals, they are markers for inflammation in the body. Okay, but they didn't tell us really how that inflammation started, because in one person, that inflammation may have started from um, you know from the moldy building you know, or the, the water damage building. But in another person, like you say, it might have started from an infection. Uh, and in another person, it may have started from a cascade of toxic exposures uh, along, you know, uh, throughout life. Um, and now you have a chronic inflammatory response going on in the body. And what we're dealing with is the failure for the, for the body to orchestrate its response appropriately. You know, people always like to think of these things as I have an immune deficiency. When you don't have any deficiency, you just have a problem with immune communication. The system isn't putting itself back together again. And what I really like to emphasize to people is how important something, the 
structure is. You know, I mean, especially from your background, you know how important the, the structure is to the communication ability of the body. And that's something that most doctors pay no attention to. Mm-hmm. Is that when you have this chronic inflammation, okay, um, uh, people forget that the autonomic nervous system, the brain, controls uh, or, or talks to the immune cells, okay? And if the neck is out or if, the, if there's tight connective tissue, you, have a, you, you can sometimes have the autonomic nervous system giving wrong signals, and then the immune system stays stuck in this inflammatory response. Mm-hmm. I treat a lot of multiple chemical sensitivity cases, and that's exactly what happens. They're stuck. You know, they're in really hypervigilant mode. Uh, their brain and the nerves of autonomic system are basically out of sync and they can't reset their body. So how do you, um, first of all, you know, let's let's go ahead and talk a little bit about mold and mycotoxins because that's a, a, a really a condition dealt with all around the world. And especially when we've got um, hurricanes and water damage everywhere and and honestly, living in Southern California by the beach, we're all we all have moldy houses. So, how is that linked to SIRS? Well, the <clears throat> this is an area of of, of a lot of um, contention in, in in medicine because again, is that the um, and, and we're really working. I'm actually working hard now uh, to try to get some research done so we can actually measure. Um, the mycotoxins and see if they do really trigger, infl- you know, chronic inflammation. Um, you know, it's clear from our patients, okay, that people who have lived in water-damaged buildings or are exposed to them, especially after they've been um, living in water damage, um, you know, after they've had a big exposure, um, do react. We see this clinically. You know, we see patients, so we know it happens. But the argument is that... Um, you know, it's it's not from the 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 mold because um, you know most doctors uh, expect mold to be a mold allergy, um, and they only look at what we call IgE, which is one of uh, the the chemical that doctors look at if you have like you know regular pollen allergies, which doesn't always apply to mold because there are other forms of allergy that the allergists don't pay much attention to. Okay, and even the the problem with the mycotoxins is that they're so you. They're all over the environment. Anytime you're eating, you know, like day-old food, you could be, or, or just food that's, uh, uh, especially organic food, which is really good for us and very, very mm. important. But because it's not been treated, many times mold is growing on them, and they will, they will be mycotoxins. Normally, our body can deal with those without much trouble. And so that's what's made this such a, an area of contention and what we're, we're going to try to do some research on and really see if we can tell the difference between people who can tolerate the normal background load of the mycotoxins that are in the environment um, versus those, the patients that I see who seem to be terribly ill with minor exposures. Or actually, right. you know, I'm my, I only say minor because other people seem to be in the same building or eat the same foods and not have any problem. See, That's that right. Is, that is where the real difficulty is in, in this world of, of chronic uh, illness is because, you know, again, doctors are looking 
for the thing that's going to like affect everybody the same. And I, I keep using that, that that maybe over my 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 overdone analogy of the bullet. You know, when when you people get shot, almost everybody acts the same. But when people get exposed to chemicals, in especially environmental chemicals, mycotoxins, and um, and even tick bites. I mean, even Lyme disease, which is a great example. There are many people who get Lyme who have no problem. They recover with sometimes no interventions. And we have, I spend my life treating people who Lyme disease has crippled. So it's the individual response. And that is not something that medicine wants to pay attention to. And so what we need to do is begin to really spend the money to research the difference between the person who reacts and the person who is able to just walk away from it. You know, and Dr. Shoemaker started that work, you know, in many ways by trying to measure, um, you know, some of the genes and some of these chemicals, but they're not specific enough. And that's what we have to get, get more detail on, get more granular, right. because even though he has found genes that are related, just because you have the genes... You know that, that he called he uses this um, thing called human lymphocyte antigen present presentation HLA, um, and he, people too many people I think have gotten very very disturbed when they've had theirs measured and they see that they have what um, some of it, what he has called the dreaded um, uh, you know uh, genes and and that's just not true. Okay, there there are many people who have those who do fine. It's just that if you have those you have an increased possibility if you have a mold exposure to stay sick. It doesn't mean that if you have them, you will. And, and I so think it's that's, one marker then. I mean, it's considered one marker that you do look at uh, because what I understand is that that gene, HLADR or DQ, um, actually prevents you from recognizing these toxins and detoxifying it out properly. That's what that gene is. Isn't that correct? Well, it, it it may. You see, that's the thing. It's a may, not a not a not a certainty. I mean, right. we we but we what we haven't what the the promise what we ha huh, genetics. Be, Twenty years ago, we thought the genes were going to give us the answer to, to to life's problems. Okay, and it turns out that they don't. Um, you know, is that what genes are the blueprints for for making a protein? Okay, but what that protein is going to do in your body depends on hundreds and thousands of other chemicals in the body. Okay. So it's not, I mean, there are, it's like the gene that makes you, that might give you, you know, blue eyes and, you know, and brown hair are, you know, are, 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 are definitive. Um, but the gene that, that, that determines your response or how your immune system functions are, are, um, uh, ex the expression of whether that's going to cause to have a, a strong immune response or a poor immune response is very, very dependent on every on the milieu, on the neighborhood it is in. Okay, it is not something that is uh, a, that that is a a black and white response, and that's why it's been so frustrating. That's why genetic research for complex diseases haven't done so well. It's fine. Gen genetic research is great when it's about a, a, 
Uh, genetic research is great when it has to do with a single gene, but what we're dealing with is complex illnesses where there's hundreds of genes, and then having the one gene that looks like it's a problem only gives you a little bit of hint. It doesn't give you a, an answer. So if you, you have the, if you have the 4353, it doesn't mean that you're going to have a terrible life if you're exposed to mold. It just means that if you get Lyme disease and then get exposed to mold, you have a, a higher likelihood. But it's a possibility. I hate, I hate when people feel that, they're, that they are hopeless when this happens. You know, that's that good to know. That's very good to know. You mentioned earlier about uh, laboratory tests for mycotoxins. And um, there's a, a company called Great Plains Lab, a real-time lab that measures mycotoxins. Uh, one is more affordable than the other. Um, and do you find that it's, it's effective, that, that it is helpful? Well, at this point in time, um, you know, like the Great Plains Lab, I, I, I like what they're doing. They are using something called a mass spec. It's a very, uh, it's a very um, uh, particular, you know, you're certain the results are very clear. If, if you know, like, you know, like if the chemical is there, they'll see it. And if they report it, it really is there. You know, the mycotoxin that they're reporting is there. The thing we still don't know is what this means for sure. That's the kind of research we need to do is we need to look at more normal people who, who, I mean, who have no symptoms and make sure that they don't have high levels of things if they happen to eat a lot of them. Right. You know, that, that there's some more research we have to do. Now, I use these tests because I think... If they turn out, if, if somebody has an exposure or has symptoms and they really look like, and they, and they have a lot of mycotoxins, that reinforces us that, yes, that is, that, that is something worth pursuing. Now, the problem is that the treatment for mycotoxins is, you know, avoidance and binders. And the problem is the binders, you know, using things like anything from chlorella, cholestyramine, charcoal, pectisol, there's many, many of these chemicals um, that are, and, and nutraceuticals you know, um, that will bind um, uh, in chemicals in the bowel and prevent them from being recirculated. But the, this, again, it's nonspecific. There's probably lots of things that binding help makes us feel better because there are lots of toxins <laughs> that make us sick. Uh, when we're already ill, there's lots of times when the, um, the you know you have a leaky gut and you absorb chemicals and the liver the liver has trouble processing them. And so it's really nice if you put a binder in there and it grabs that chemical um, and keeps it from from affecting your nervous system, but it doesn't prove that you have mycotoxin illness. So we're, we're kind of in this difficult area. We can measure mycotoxins, and I hope that they're going to be useful, but I think we need to do more research to be certain that, um, that we really, that, that the person who, that when we measure the mycotoxin, it's really why you are ill. <laughs> you know, it's probably sure. not good that it's there. But we don't know for sure, and and that that that's what the next step in, in in our medicine has to be is we have to like step back. And I'm glad we have this lab, but now we have to do the do the next level of testing. Look at enough healthy people, feed them moldy food, 
and see, because if people, I mean, not, not, not moldy that will get them sick, but I mean, you know, just mold, foods that have been sitting out. And we know I'm not have, sure if you're going to find any people who would want to do that, Dr. Gordon. <laughs> but, well, we'd be surprised. We, 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 we have some dedicated staff that are volunteering. <laughs> wow, wow. Well, let's go ahead and talk about your office and, you know, the, the approaches. What are your treatments? strategies, for instance, for mold-related inflammation? Well, again, the first thing, if, it, if, if, there's, tru- if there's truly a, a, a water-damaged um, home or building, is just you really have to get that remediated and get out of there. I mean, that, 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 if, if, you are, if you are sensitive, um, I often tell people, you know, uh, you know before you uh, spend a fortune on remediating things, just get out of there. You know, get someplace that is clean, um, that there isn't a lot of mold exposure for a, a, a week and see how you feel, you know, uh, because you don't want to go spending, you know, 10, 50, you know, $100,000 on, on, on fixing your home only to uh, discover that that really isn't the problem. You know? mm, of course. First thing is, is, is you know, be sure, but, um, you know, so you have to get out of the, the environment because if you're reacting, yes, you're going to have, you, you're, you're not going to get well while you stay in that environment. In fact, you're going to get sicker. So that's really important. Um, you know, and then we, we, we get people on binders and we um, do our best to, um, you know, we, we do do Dr. Shoemaker's protocols when they seem to be appropriate for people. And, um, you know, lowering, you know, we, we, we're looking at the, at the inflammatory markers, the C4A, the DIP, um, the TGF-beta-1, and uh, intervening where appropriate, which is mostly, you know, getting the binders down and when getting the binders in there, getting, the, getting these chemicals, these mycotoxins out of the body, you know, and making sure there's, um, that the immune system is, 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 as best we can, is back in order. Uh, that's where you know he some you know checking to make sure that there's not um, a uh, carriage in the nose of the uh, uh, inflammatory uh, staff and um, treating that if necessary using nasal VIP if necessary um, the vasoactive intestinal peptide which helps get the immune system back in self-regulation because that's what this is about is <clears throat> that the the body is overreacting inappropriately um, for the inflammation. Now, there's the direct toxic effect, which can make people sick, okay? But sometimes even after we stop the exposure so they're no longer having the direct toxic effect, the, their body is stuck in a, uh, uh, a pattern of reaction, you know? And that's what, what many people with mast cell activation Problems. People who have, um, you know, uh, lots of uh, migraines and, uh, uh, you know, reflux, you know, esophageal reflux or, you know, bowel problems, uh, skin problems. Um, they have, uh, or just lots of just sometimes chronic pain. Their mast cells, the, the, the cells that release histamine in the body, have been triggered. And that can happen as part of this, milieu, of, of this syndrome. Um, it, it just depends on your genetics again, I like, you know, your, where you come from, how your body is put together, which, which inflammatory system is going to be dysregulated. And we just have to look at those and try to coax your body back into balance. I mean, this is, and, and this is, 
the difficulty is that um, I find people who have who have um, formulaic responses. It will work for the people who fit that, but I tend to see people who uh, have been ill for a long time, and so it's really their individual response that I have. Yeah, to deal and with. often it takes you know a long time. People uh, think that after being years and years of being in illness. Within, you know, they can get well within a week, but that's not true. It may take months and even year, a year, two years, years to get well. Even years, exactly. You know, it just really a, a, we only have about a couple of minutes here left. I wanted to ask you, you brought me back. Uh, you you um, mentioned many different type of testing, um, the C4A, the TGF beta 1, um, mycotoxin in the urine. But once you start doing all of these therapies that you do in your office, do you retest it to see, and do you see the changes in those biomarkers? Uh, yes, yes, you see a change in those biomarkers. Um, uh, I, I am someone at this point in time, I have done this a long time now, and um, the testing is actually more for the patient. I mean, I really like a positive test. It makes me feel like I know what I'm doing. But to be honest, the te- because the tests are not that specific, okay, that is, I think, the, the, what, what people have to understand is that, uh, one of the, is, is that just because you have an elevated C4A doesn't mean you have a mycotoxin illness, okay? Right. You have an elevated C4A for many reasons. One, something called your innate immune system. That's your primitive and most important part of your immune system is activated. And so, you, you know, you, treating by numbers is, I think, a, a, a very bad idea. I think the numbers are good because most of these patients have normal, like I said, they have normal blood counts, the, the, and the tests that, you know, that their family doctor or the rheumatologist that they're sent to uh, or the neurologist you know, are all normal. So people, their families often think that they're just malingering or crazy. And so having, you know, the, doing the C4As and the TGF-beta-1 and seeing how elevated they are at least gives some vindication that, yes, there is something really wrong with me. I'm not making this up. Right, <laughs> you know? right. And, then when we do, and I can tell you that when we repeat them as we treat, they do improve, but... Uh, to me, it's not like if you're anemic, if your blood count is low and I want to, you know, I have to keep checking the blood count. Well, really with these illnesses, I can usually just check how you're feeling and know what, where we're going because that's the more sensitive marker for how you're doing is we spend a lot of time listening carefully to the, to the subtlety of the, sim- of the symptoms. You know, that is what's so important here is understanding the myriad different complaints that people can have and what their body is feeling and honoring them and letting and then just paying attention to them and we watch how they come off kind of in layers because many times when you remove um, you know one of the things I should add is I really think that most people this is my experience who have mycotoxin illness or mold, or water damage, you know, whatever. They're, they, they're, they're sick after a water damage exposure. Many of them have underlying tick-borne disease. It was, the, it was usually the Lyme or the Bartonella that changed 
the immune system that altered your immune response that now got you so you were right. not able to clear the inflammation that the mycotoxin or the or the water damage building exposure is causing. Okay? Well, I think that That's subject, with that all being said, we're going to have to have you come back and talk about the Lyme and Borobor really because that's such a huge area uh, that I'd love to share more about. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Gordon. It was such great information. Really, the beginning of, I mean, a lot of information that you've given is new to majority. And I mean, most of us out there talking about chronic illnesses. Thank you so much. Then, and, and you can find out more about Dr. Gordon and his practice at gordonmedical.com, gordonmedical.com. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. And if you've learned something new that will help you reach your ultimate wellness, please share this show with your friends and family and, or go to the iTunes and give us a, some feedback. We would love your support. Thank you so much. And do connect with me on Instagram or Facebook. And if you need guidance and want to dig deeper into your chronic health issues, I, I do phone and Skype consultations with people all around the world. So go to my website, drsuzanne.com for my contact info. Until next time, go out there and live your best life today, full of energy, enthusiasm, and ultimate health and wellness. This is Dr. Suzanne sharing natural strategies on the Wellness for Life show right here on Radio MD. Stay well.